What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Status Update. And I've been trying to find my way home. Through you, I remain strong. What would Jason do? What would Jason do? What would Jason do? The Status Update podcast is centered around sharing stories and talking about lived experiences, becoming better because of it. We explore topics around family, friends, relationships, dreams, and aspirations. And my next guest needs no introduction. What's up? How's it going, Mr. Efend? I, uh, I'm happy to see you this evening. So uh, good I'm, time. I'm doing well, I'm doing well. Why don't you introduce yourself for the, for the good folks listening? Sure. Um, I'm Brendan. Uh, I'm an old friend of Jamil's. Uh, we're in a fantasy football league together. Um, I've been playing fantasy football for like 10 years. And uh, this year, Jamil's joined our league. And I'll tell you, it's been an interesting year thus far. More than interesting. So this one is really going to be about, this is all about fantasy for the status update this week. Um, we're going to talk a little strategy. I was one of the people who decided to draft a tight end early. Um, Mark Andrews was the tight end I drafted, projected to be the top tight end in the NFL and has not shown up a single week outside of week two. Yeah, and uh, these things can happen. You know, uh, it's interesting because I decided that I was gonna draft a quarterback in the very first round. Uh, typically people would decide to draft a running back, uh, running backs compared to other positions typically have the ball to boast. Um, running's always been a big part of football offenses. Um, so me taking a quarterback was definitely a stretch to some extent, but if you don't have a good draft pick, I'm sure we might get into that. Sometimes you got to try to go for, you know, top tier positions at other positions. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know necessarily. I think it's the quarterback you took. You took a risk on Lamar Jackson and I took Patrick Mahomes, who is a much clearer first quarterback pick. That's also debatable. Why did you why did you pick Mark Andrews by that same logic? Even though he wasn't your first round pick, I mean, you thought that at that position he was gonna have success. Well, I picked Mark Andrews based off of his last year's stats and what numbers it looked like he could get this year. I feel like a tight end's way more reliable in an offense that runs the ball. And that's what the Ravens did last year. But clearly they weren't nearly as successful this year. Likewise with the Ravens quarterback, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of the story for the ages. I mean, when you look at the Ravens, you know, they've definitely had a subpar year compared to last year. You know, it's a question of whether or not they'll even make playoffs this year. They've lost their past two games. Um, games which they shouldn't have won, or which they shouldn't have lost. Um, in fact, the last game that they played, they had a double uh, point deficit. Um, and that hasn't been something which has occurred for them at all the rest of the, this season or the prior season. So, you know, I, I, it's really about finding value in players and not necessarily in teams. And I think just like anything else, you know, past performance is not indicative of future results. Yeah, I think that's the that's what fantasy is really, really shows is you have to look for the guys who you might not know because I drafted Julian Edelman, for example, hoping he can make a good flex receiver. And this guy spent most of the season on the bench because he's either been injured or just doesn't, 
get targeted. Yeah. You might want to explain what flex is just for anybody which isn't uh, accustomed to fantasy football. So the flex position is a position where you can choose to play a wide receiver, a tight end, or a running back. You can kind of swap out which person plays that role. And typically, um, in a good for most good teams, depending on what your strategy is, some people run two tight ends because that can be lucrative. Um, some people, like me, which is the easier route is to get another receiver added to your added to your roster. Yeah. So uh, I think you had some questions for us, like about like just league setup and things like that. So I'd be happy to get into that. Uh, yeah. So um, first question is, how do you decide the point the points that are scored um, as a commissioner of the league? What does your process look like? So typically, um, like there's a standard usually when you look at like PPR leagues. Um, it can change uh, depending upon, um, and PPR, for those of you which don't know, uh, stands for points per reception. Um, there's PPR format leagues and non-PPR format. Um, so that's kind of a first consideration in terms of point scoring, whether you're going to do PPR or not. And from there, you also really want to think about how many people are participating in your league. Um, if you're having an eight-person league, um, that's a little bit more on the slim side. Um, and if you're having a 10-person league, that's usually about the middle 12-person um, is what we'd start to consider like a deep league. Um, so that's kind of where we start in terms of points. Um, there are standards, uh, things like typically uh, touchdown receptions are worth six points. Um, typically, they score uh, wide receivers and running backs um, on point one per yard. Um, all these things are adjustable, uh, but especially when you have um, new players to a league, um, say that you are, you know, introducing people who haven't played with you before, um, it might be good to keep something standard because of the fact that it might be something that they're accustomed to um, from their participation in other leagues. Um, what you really want to do is just make it as easy as possible. Um, with that said, there are some exceptions um, when it comes to things like touchbacks, um, you know, depending upon what the league is feeling, you might want to make a, you know, exception for something like that because they're rare and they don't happen all that frequently. Um, for us in our league this year, um, we didn't really make many uh, particular changes. Um, I believe that there was uh, one adjustment um, which had to do with um, field goals over a certain yardage. Um, considering the fact that if you're making a 50 plus yard field goal, that's a pretty impressive feat. Um, so other than that, that's kind of like the standard for scoring in leagues. Um, typically, you know, uh, if you have a well rostered team in like a 10 person league, uh, you could expect scores anywhere between like 80 and 120 points. So on average, roughly 100 points. Um, obviously, that could change depending upon uh, if you have a lackluster team or if you have a team which is just uh you know really well thought out and put together and has great chemistry it, yeah you make a couple of good points especially about the adjustments that get made from league to league i've i've been in leagues where people score significant amounts for over 100 yards in a game um for running backs and wide receivers and some of those some of those like numbers get outrageous so that those are things that i always think about so 
when you're when you're recruiting players for your league, let's get to the, the community aspect. How do you go about choosing who makes it into the league, um, and what do those parameters look like? So uh, it's actually interesting you ask because um, this year, uh, you know, was the first year that you played uh, in the league that we're in, and um, we've had this league going for probably the past decade, and by and large, we want active and involved participants. Um, you know, you might have some leagues, you know, especially people see we leagues put together through their workplace um, or just casually in friend groups um, where, you know, you might pay some money or you might wager something. Um, and that's all nice. And uh, the friendly competition is obviously a, a boon to what's going on. But at the same time, um, for our league in, in particular, we take things a little bit more seriously. Um, so we want serious players predominantly, um, people who are gonna uh, actively research uh, what's going on with fantasy football, who are gonna be looking um, at players each week, seeing how they score, um, who are gonna look at teams, look at offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, how they're playing the ball, what strategies they're running. Um, we also you know, hope that people um, are looking at, you know, contracts to some extent. I'm not saying that you can obviously do the contract, but, you know, there's enough news out there talking about people's contracts and their compensation. New um, signings. Incentives, yeah, incentives, signings, um, or even trades for that matter, uh, intra-league. Um, because if you're not really paying attention to all that, you have a couple of serious players and then a couple of people who just, you know, are there because of the fact that um, it was something that, you know, seemed like a fun opportunity for them. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of is that like the serious players um, are going to predominantly do better, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing if you're, you know, there for, you know, the wrong reason, which is just that you want to make money. But, <laughs> you know, fundamentally, like we're there because of the fact that like we want to have like a, a good competition, we want it to be something really interesting. Um, we want to be able to put in the effort and strive. It makes watching, you know, Thursday, Sunday, or Monday football all the more interesting. Yeah, I definitely understand that feeling because every week I'm just like tuning into the fantasy team, making sure all my guys are doing good. And sometimes it feels good when you bench someone in advance and knowing they have a bad game. Like Patrick Mahomes, the one week he was terrible, I had Russell Wilson play instead, and it made yeah. a huge difference. So I think having competitive fantasy teams is really important. Even though last week I kind of messed up on my team, forgot to remove uh, a guy who wasn't playing, but it didn't matter because we had dominant performances across the board. Yeah, and like we were saying about serious players, you and I had a conversation on Monday about what, what was going on there. I've had other conversations with other members of our league uh, trying to make sure that they uh, are staying on top of their responsibility to the league and to the team and um, being there for the competition, you know? Yeah. So what do you, uh, what do you kind of think about the rest of the season? I know when COVID hit um, a lot of things changed on in the fantasy football world. How do you think they handled it? Uh, I think that the NFL um, honestly did a pitiful job of protecting players and referees. Um, this expectation that you're going to just test people and have them practice in their own facilities um, and that there isn't going to be co-mingling, um, which spreads the virus is, I think, either naive or um, just honestly, like, 
um, ignored. I, I mean, I, I think that the league knows of the risk to players um, and that because of the TV promotion and the money that they can make off of it, they're more interested in airing games because um, I know people will watch it. Yeah. Um, that's why we haven't seen a reduced season. Um, in terms of, you know, having positive COVID tests uh, throughout the season, whether it be um, uh, with uh, like the Bills or um, it wasn't the Texans. It was, um, oh God. I, um, well, the, the Patriots had yeah, a really Cam bad Cam. run. They had the Chiefs that got impacted for a little bit. Yeah, you've had the Steelers games. I mean, the postponements are tough, especially uh, in a fantasy dynamic. Um, if you have a good player and they're not meant to have a bye week, uh, bye week is a week in which uh, in the NFL, each team has one week where they don't play. Um, if, if their bye week comes in week three because of positive COVID tests, which inhibit play, um, that's a, a whole different part of the formula, which you didn't account for. Um, a lot of times when you look to draft players uh, in the initial rounds, uh, you're trying to ensure that you have different bye weeks. Uh, in addition to the players which you're choosing, um, because on those bye weeks, you have to find somebody else to take their spot on your roster. And especially if they're a great starter, um, that's very impactful to you. So if you start having a couple of players which are having their bye weeks disrupted, you could have half of your roster potentially unable to play because of the fact that they're out uh, due to COVID. Yeah, I think the the whole COVID dynamic has definitely changed one, the way the NFL plays games, because a lot of good players sit out week to week um, and you're constantly having to look and check and make sure that um, whoever's on your team didn't just test positive or uh, whatever the update might be. And I know fantasy has been definitely in a crazy position because of the force and the need to remove guys last minute and yeah, it's been a very strange year to play fantasy. I mean, I think it has opened up opportunities for players in certain teams who might not have been as successful in fantasy to kind of get away with slipping through some victories. Yeah. I think and, it's happened uh, in our league a couple times. Oh, incredibly. Like, I mean, there was an instance uh, when the number one ranked individual in our league um, had the least amount of points for so points for is the total summation of points which you would get each consecutive game um so we had the lowest total for points for and then also um a very low points against um which is almost unheard of um you'd expect that you would have high points against you or even low points against you and high points for um but it was certainly a phenomena to see uh, that, that occurring. Um, and I think that really has come out of this place of not only COVID, but um, you and I were talking about it before we uh, started this uh, session, but you know, not only are we contending with COVID, we're also contending with injuries. Like we haven't seen in a long time. Um, you know, you, you mentioned that running backs, like top seven running backs in the league have had sustained injuries this year. Top seven running backs, like probably top six or seven um, wide receivers. You've had a lot of tight end injuries. Um, you've even had quarterbacks who, who've had season-ending in, uh, injuries. If you look at the Cowboys, uh, Dak Prescott, and now Andy Dalton. Like, that's yeah. like, 
it's <laughs> it's insane because in a typical in a typical fantasy league, you'll see all of the top running backs go within the first two rounds. They're just there's no way you're gonna leave great running backs out there. And a lot of the top receivers, so like Michael Thomas and all those guys, Odell Beckham Jr., you'll see all those all those guys go early. So seeing how this year has gone with Dak Prescott, who was one of the highest scoring quarterbacks entering the year, and as far as fantasy goes, because of how large his stats have been, just gone. And we're watching left and right guys just drop like flies, and it's it, it's very it's very interesting to see how everyone responds because I was on the free agent market earlier this week, I think yesterday or Tuesday, and I couldn't find any really good <laughs> backups. I was looking for running backs, and there, a lot of the a lot of the people that are available are are people who were third stringers, fourth stringers, and you don't know if they're going to have another good game or what their stats will look like, and it's very risky business. Yeah, I mean, like, I think a great example is if you look at, like, the 49ers this year. Um, 49ers running back core is completely absent. Um, right, like, so their starter, uh, who's a top 10 running back, Raheem Mozart, um, he got injured, like, literally third week, um, sustained being out for three weeks um, with a MCL sprain, uh, comes back for one week, gets injured again and is out again for another three weeks. Um, on top of that, too, their other running back, uh, Tevin Coleman, is out as well. He's had so many injuries this season. He's played only two games and hasn't even been able to play for the duration of the whole second game when he came back. Um, and then their back line, McKinnon, um, has been worked like a workhorse, uh, has also been under a lot of duress. Luckily, he hasn't been too uh, injured. But then they've even gone so far to pull people up from from the depths of their ranks, uh, like um, – Jeff Wilson Jr. and uh, Jamal Hasty, um, you oh, know, guys from the practice squad. Yeah, guys from the practice squad. <laughs> and you see, you see, uh, you see Jeff Wilson now injured and and out. Like on top of it, like and so. So you're having like typically you'd have like maybe like six or seven, like maybe even eight, like but only like four active, maybe four in the practice squad. Um, come up and you know make their time as rookies and maybe get a little bit of play time during the season become starters this year because of the fact that like the whole core of their running back uh, regime is just completely uh, annihilated. It's just gone. It's not existent now. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I took a, so I, I took uh, Damian Harris from the Patriots in one of the later rounds. He's, he's one of their backup running backs and they've been dealing with in and out injuries. And all of a sudden last week he has a huge game and I'm like, do I grab him again? I, I had released him because he literally didn't play for seven weeks. And now all of a sudden, or he didn't play for six weeks. And now all of a sudden he's, uh, he's out here putting up numbers. So I think, I think the, this year has definitely shown, um, shown a lot of, a lot of how COVID has affected sports. Um, I also think it's been interesting to see how the rookies have performed because you have a lot of rookies like the quarterback for the Bengals, who are putting up crazy numbers. Yeah, I mean, but Joe Burrow, like, come on. Right? <laughs> he, like, LSU product, like Heisman winning last year. But you could make the, you could make the Justin argument. Justin Herbert. That, yeah, I mean, you could make the argument, though, that, that based off of, like, just being a Heisman winner doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be, like, a big product. Like, 
um, like the Browns quarterback, for example. Like, <laughs> yeah, Baker's not having a huge year. Yeah, well, he, he hasn't had a huge year ever in the NFL. Um, but he has the attitude of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so, you know, people look at him and they say, you know, that he's got a lot of room for growth. Um, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think, what, I think what, one of the more interesting things is looking at teams like the Jets um, and the Bills and seeing what they – what their future will look like. Because I wanted to ask you what you think the future of fantasy um, will be. Like, what do you think next year is going to be like? Uh, I don't think COVID's going away completely. Um, I, wanna, I wonder how the NFL is going to respond and how the, how the draft process will go and who will end up on a – what, which teams will benefit from that? Uh, I think that the teams which stay healthy and do uh, – do the due process of really making sure that they're testing their players, they're doing contact tracing, um, they're going to stand to benefit the most. Um, but there's also unintended collateral from the fact that whichever team you might be playing for any given week might not do that, um, which might end up causing you to, you know, have a bye week prematurely. Um, and moving forward in an environment where COVID doesn't go away, um, I think that what would be prudent of, of the NFL to do uh, would be fundamentally to, to really make sure um, that their players are healthy, not, not just because of COVID, um, but because of uh, the fact that a lot of these injuries, and this isn't something that we've talked about yet, um, a lot of these injuries have occurred because of the fact that they didn't really have a preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have preseason warmups. Um, and because of that, when you're not warming up, when you're not playing a lot of games uh, beforehand, you don't necessarily uh, hit your stride. Um, which means that when you go to perform on game day, um, you, just like any other athlete, haven't necessarily practiced or, um, like, quote, unquote, like, stretched, use those muscles, Um, you know. So so I think that that's a big part of it. And I think that what the NFL needs to do is they need to prudently keep their players healthy by making sure that next year, if they do do um, a normal season like they've done this year, they need to really account for that by figuring out some way um, that they're going to allow their teams to have some form of a preseason, um, but in a responsible manner. Yeah, I think the NFL definitely, um, they dropped the ball this year because they weren't willing to have a shorter season. They, they wanted to play every game, which they've gotten through almost all of them. And I think the playoffs, will, we'll really see what happens. Some people have talked about a potential bubble situation similar to what the NBA did. Um, I don't know how that will go for football, but it'd be about five weeks, something like that. Uh, so that's, that's something that's been on the, on the table. Um, but it, we, we just don't know. We don't know. Baseball was able to complete their season. Um, so it wasn't hockey. The, the hockey, the NBA. So everyone else has been able to do it. Um, the, the, the trouble with football is that there's so many players, um, and the number of football players is just astronomically higher than most other sports. Yeah, certainly. And, um, you know, I think that in terms of strategy, like as a, as a, uh, fantasy football league moving forward, you know, next year, I think it would be wise to not necessarily always pick the top tier starters. Um, maybe you can get more value on the second line. 
um, you know, within, within fantasy football, there is a strategy, which is that you'll take like a starting running back, running back, and then you'll take the backup running back for the same team. Um, in the event that the starter gets injured, well, you've just promoted, you know, one of your players to the starter position. Um, so I think that with that in mind for next year, um, maybe instead of, you know, going for all these top tier running backs and, um, you know, it kind of being arbitrary or just based upon bye weeks and what teams they're on, maybe people will start to think about, oh, like maybe I'll take uh, backup players because of the fact that if starters get injured or they get sick, um, I'm going to have an automatic starter at that point in time. Yeah, and I know there we we actually talked a little bit in our league about expanding benches, um, letting people get more players. What do you think that will look like in the future for some fantasy leagues? Um, I think that like the expansion of the bench itself is a is a pretty good idea. I was personally in favor of it. Um, you know, I would say that like overall, um, we're not having a problem with like filling spots predominantly on rosters like starting lineups. Um, we're having difficulty with having enough decent players in the well to even make it worthwhile. Um, so having an expanded bench uh, isn't going to solve that problem. Um, you know, you only have so much in the way of reserves. Um, I know that there's players on my bench right now who are out or injured or on uh, injured reserve for that matter, um, who, who I would just rather keep uh, than maybe take like a running back, which is ranked 70 or 80. Um, because of the fact that like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fundamentally play them. Um, they're not going to get that time unless they end up graduating into a position where it makes sense. So yeah. another thing I wanted to ask you just strategy wise, what do you think of, what do you think of the strategy of just getting a mid-level quarterback instead of going for one of those higher, higher guys? I know some people will just draft any quarterback towards the middle to late rounds, knowing that most quarterbacks put up similar stats if you're not one of the elite five or six guys well what i would say about that and um what i'm starting to really realize the older i get is is that the uh, age-old thought that you know a quarterback isn't necessarily you know going to be somebody which provides the plethora of points which you need for consistent wins um it's probably true i think it it's due in part because of the fact like you said um, there are plenty of quarterbacks, especially if you look like ranked, you know, 15 to 20 or even 20 and above, I'd say 15 to 30, who probably do consistently produce 15 points on average. Um, you know, they're not going to be your bread and butter 30 point Patrick Mahomes or, um, you know, uh, Russell Wilson when he's having a phenomenal game. Um, but at the same token, um, you know, is it really worth? drafting a top 10 quarterback um, and using one of your top draft picks for it, uh, especially because of the fact that um, it's interesting. You, you only have in a 10 person league, um, typically 10 quarterbacks rostered um, as starters. Uh, it's unusual for people usually to pick quarterbacks uh, and put them on their bench. Um, they might pick up a quarterback for a bye week. Um, so if you think about that in the top 10 quarterbacks, um, in this case, this year, um, we've had quarterbacks become injured like we've talked about. Um, so it might make more sense um, to just not even have a quarterback consideration, let other people pick quarterbacks, um, and then just 
take anyone and then look to the waiver wire after the first or second week um, to see who's really doing a good job and who's performing. Um, because that's where you're going to see the emergence come out um, as other people might, you know, not necessarily meet that standard, which they have set in prior seasons. Yeah, I think, I think that you make some interesting points about quarterbacks. I'm still within the camp of if you have the opportunity to grab a Patrick Mahomes coming off of a Super Bowl season, that's a, that's just a good pick. Um, or something like Russell Wilson. I have both of them on my roster for some reason, because Russell Wilson fell in the draft, <laughs> he <laughs> fell a little bit further than I expected. So I grabbed him. And I mean, I've seen it uh, work out for me because I can play them with beneficial matchups and having two quarterbacks that are going to put up 25 to 30 points every week, depending on who you play, you get to, you get some flexibility there that you don't get in other, for other teams. I've seen some, I feel like it's more consistent. Uh, some of the other guys that fall further uh, in that, I'd say in the 12 to 30 range as far as quarterbacks, they're, they're just too inconsistent. They won't, they won't guarantee you good points. And the, the big thing I don't like is that they're more they're turnover prone. And turnovers in our league, are just, it's just not something you can afford. If someone has a two interception game, that's going to put you behind in our in our league, especially with the close margins that most of our games have. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of close margins, there was a game where you and I played one another. Uh, I'm trying to think <laughs> if we may have been week four. Yeah. Um, and uh, the margin between us was, uh, I think, you scored 112.8 points, and I scored 112.6. Yes. Uh, <laughs> talk, talk about uh, a hair on a head, you know. And, uh, and that's what it really comes down to. It's about having value and it's about being able to find players, which, which you can go to the well with. And I think that the waiver wire is a great place for that. And I'm really seeing that like the, uh, the more that I play, um, and, um, this season alone, especially with the injuries, the waiver has also enabled, um, players who, who were not in the league, um, at the beginning of the season to be re-signed by NFL teams, um, which is incredible in its own right. Um, so we'll just have to see as that progresses, if that becomes more of a norm, um, you might see other players coming out of retirement once again, um, or who were once considered undraftable. Um, you know, maybe, maybe we'll finally have considerations for Colin Kaepernick. Um, yeah, for the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> the Cowboys. Like they need him. <laughs> But yeah, there's, I see that. I see that the waiver wire is, is helpful. I took Hayden Hurst off the waiver wire and he's put up some amazing value on my team, 12 to 13 points every, every week. That's just the tight end for the, for the Falcons. And I don't know why no one took him. I don't think yeah. <laughs> he's dude was a backup, a backup tight end for the, he started the year and now he's a starter and he puts up good numbers. So I think look at the waiver wire is important because you really do find great value, especially with the running back position this year. It's like, if this is any indication of what the future looks like, I don't know if the running back position will hold nearly as much of the same value in, in a draft process as it used to. Yeah, I can't see how it would. It's too risky uh, to try to go after a top tier running back. Like in this case, you know, you've had 
uh, McCaffrey out. For Saquon Barkley. Seven weeks. I mean, you're talking about two top five quarterbacks, or uh, two top five running backs, excuse me, um, who just, their value has not been there by any means. Yeah. This or Michael Thomas and uh, Dell Beckingham Jr., like you said before. Yeah, it's like the per- prime examples of guys who you would hope that we're going to put up numbers and they just don't. And that's just that's just the way it is this year. And we're seeing that across the across the league. And I have Nick Chubb, who's sitting on the bench right now, injured, and he was having a great season. So I'm a victim of the same uh, same circumstance. Yeah, and with that said, you know, like uh, on the other hand, right, if we're going to start to see value diminish uh, on those typical positions, w- one area where I think that people can certainly pick up value, um, especially if you're looking for consistency, is from defenses. Um, defenses can really be the backbone of a team, um, whether you know it or not. If you can depend on 12 to 15 points on average by drafting a top five um, defense, then you know that can be a solid base each week for you. And yeah. A lot of people don't think about that, and they don't go to the well early for, for a defense. Um, but it's always a viable option. Uh, and, and you know it's interesting because I, I picked up uh, the Chiefs defense um, one of the weeks when uh, I ended up having to have a bye week for the Steelers, and um, the Chiefs put up 19 points as a defense. <laughs> uh, you know. And I remember uh, last year, uh, even though you weren't in the league last year, I, I had serious contention um, because of the fact that for the first like six, seven weeks of the 2019 season, the Patriots defense, uh, I think, had scored uh, above 15 points um, almost every single game for the five, first five, six games. Um, you know, making the whole argument that, you know, this is a defense, it, it, it's irrational that they should be scoring this many points. Um, so I think that in a, in a time where, you know, you might see traditional positions like wide receiver, running back, maybe even quarterback, which have Jeopardy, um, look, look to other positions, um, you know, definitely, um, definitely, definitely, definitely defenses. And even, I would even say kickers, you know. Like, I was just going to say that. I was just going to say kickers. You have to, you have to do your, you have to do your math in, in advance, but you can find amazing value out of kickers especially on teams that struggle in the red zone exactly or if you're having or if you're having a a very um intense matchup say you're having like the Steelers play um Kansas City for example you know that that's going to be a a a very vicious battle um where they try to hold each other to to as little touchdowns as possible um, so it's going to be a shootout where, where they're going to be competing predominantly for any field goal that they can make um, and at any distance for that matter. Um, so if you can strategically pick um, kickers at, for those tough matchups, I think your propensity to, to gain additional points is going to be there. Yeah, I think the the kicker is one of the positions that a lot of people overlook, but there's there's really only a few teams that have kickers that put up a substantial value, um, so you have to you have to be one of the people that get that that kicker. Um, another thing I wanted to ask was, as far as place play style wise, what do you think of the running quarterback and the transition that I'm seeing at least in fantasy 
where quarterbacks that run the ball, they, they put up points. Like a Kyler Murray is dangerous in a fantasy league. And Lamar Jackson last year was just incredible. Yeah. I, I mean, a good example is like, you know, he's an old man to some extent, but look at Ryan Tannehill. Um, you know, like he had for his past two, three seasons, uh, you know, lackluster performance. Um, this year he's made, uh, you know, several touchdowns by running the ball in himself. Um, it's rejuvenated his position as a, a quarterback. Uh, and I think it's really important too, um, because if you're able to not only throw the ball, but run the ball, um, if you have the opportunity to not have a pocket which is being pressured, um, you could run the ball just as easily as handing it off to a running back. Um, and, and that adds value. And it splits the difference because of the fact that if they know that you can run the ball, they're going to put pressure on the pocket. And if they're putting pressure on the pocket, it's going to open up your wide receivers as well. Um, so I think it's vital. I think if you don't know how to run the ball in today's day and age, um, you know, or if you're just not, um, it's very challenging, uh, especially because of the fact that I think teams are looking for air raid. Um, they're looking for the big plays to the wide receivers, um, or they're looking for the running back. Um, and if you're able to do something as a quarterback, which is different than that, and you really change the formula, I think that's where you're going to get success. And that's where you build a team, which is going to end up uh, really making a difference and getting far into the season and probably winning their division. Yeah, I think that it's made a difference for Patrick Mahomes, who he's always a threat to take off running. Um, Lamar Jackson, pretty much all of the new age quarterbacks will run the ball. Even Joe Burrow had his scamper in his touchdowns. No, he did, yeah. So but, you're, you're seeing that everywhere. Yeah, and, but what I'm saying, though, too, is, you know, like I think that um, even, even the old guys, like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has done it this season. Um, so if, if you can do it, then do it. And uh, something unique, which I, I thought was really cool, um, too, is, is I think it was in um, one of the Kansas City games, and it hasn't been something I've seen in a long time. Um, they made a touchdown by passing the ball to an offensive lineman, um, which is a very rare occurrence. So I think the teams which are able to get creative in today's day and age, especially um, if they have typical weapons or players which are, you know, just outstanding, which are, you know, having two people cover them at a time, go, go to your other players, you know, like have faith in them, work out like plays which – which people wouldn't normally think of. Um, it's all about getting the touchdown. It doesn't matter who gets it. You know, from, 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 I'll say that with, with the caveat that it does matter to us as fantasy players. Yes. <laughs> but, but from a scoring perspective for um, a team, I think that, that it doesn't matter. And with that said, I think it's about taking those risks. And with that, like this year, I think you've seen it a little bit more. Um, but fourth downs like are so vital um, and, and so many teams just choose that they're going to punt it rather than taking their fourth down. Um, if you're at a five yard line, uh, I would say go for it, you know, like, especially if you're having a shootout game because it could just make the world a difference to move the ball downfield and run out the clock. Yeah. And the other thing that a lot of teams realize or recognizes if you get your if you get your opponent backed up because you didn't convert on fourth down and now they're playing offense from their five yard line that's a pretty good spot for your defense to be in um you're probably gonna get the ball back 
so I think of that thing that as well just from the football end. It's like it really isn't that big of a risk. So lastly, because we're coming up on our time, I wanted to wanted to ask what is what does fantasy football mean to you? Obviously, you've been doing it for a decade. Uh, yeah, you, you the group is you have a group chat for it. It's constantly finance updates. <laughs> what is uh what is the uh, fantasy football mean? Uh, like fantasy for me is like a holy time of the year. Um, you know, it's, it's quintessential fall, um, and then it's like chaotic winter. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 as much as like I say that like the NFL didn't you know take the necessary precautions. Um, which I think is true. I also would have been pretty distraught if football wasn't occurring this year either. Um, but for me, it, it, it's very much like a well-needed reprieve from the rest of the world, like a, a Thursday night, uh, a Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon, or even a Sunday evening or Monday, you know, it's a time where you can be in the moment, root for individual players, um, care about the game, uh, and also, uh, you know, have camaraderie with with whomever you're playing with in the league um because of at the end of the day you know obviously there's bragging rights there's a little bit of money on the table um but what it's really about is is the whole experience of being together with other people and i think now especially in in times where we can't go and have dinners at each other's houses or go out to a restaurant or you know just spend an evening together um i think that that's more important than ever and I think it helps us to keep our sanity to at least be able to participate in something, um, which many of us, you know, would be remiss without. Yeah, I completely agree. I like all that. That's, uh, that's how I feel about fantasy. It is just, there's no better feeling than checking your score at 4.30, going into a six o'clock game, and you're already up, you're already ahead. Uh, your guys are putting up their numbers. It just feels great. Monday night when you're just like I got one guy playing and it doesn't even matter uh that's the that that feels good but then also being able to text the group chat that Levy and Bell just signed with the Chiefs <laughs> yeah it just you got so you have someone to talk to that you typically you might not if you didn't have the fantasy league oh, of course yeah and and that's like the whole social component of talking about trading and you know waiver wire pickups and <laughs> Um, you know, like I said, it, it's, it's an opportunity for us to still have a sense of normalcy in a, in a unknown time. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on the status update. Uh, definitely appreciate this conversation and I hope to have you on again. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Thanks for having me. Like what you just heard, follow the status update podcast on Facebook and visit inspiredbyjamil.com for more content. See you next time. And I've been trying to find my way home Through you I remain strong oh, oh, oh. What would Jason do? 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 Uh, through all the madness, yeah Always knew I would have him Oh, ain't even had to ask much, yeah Always there, never